Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And uh, I have a great big topic to sort of dive into and talk about. It's really launches off the video that I made that I'm posting below. You're going to see a whole lot of other stuff posted below because I think this is one of the most fascinating questions of our time, but it's also a lightning rod, which is why I did not speak about it on YouTube. And so hopefully we won't create chaos. We'll actually be able to listen and decide for ourselves where we stand or how we want to look at this issue. But first, we're going to hear the intro. So if you don't want to, you can jump up again in about three minutes. If you're new... It's designed to find those of you who, like me, are wired for danger. So with that, deep breath, my friends, and I will see you on the other side. Tell me why! Tell me why! day and I am so glad you're here. My name is Jill and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger. In both the fight and the fallout because my heart and mission is to serve you and yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning is Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. This is my hope. This is what stand for now is the time to let it all out we are the young ones to fight for survival we will watch you like an eye of a fighter we are the young ones to fight for survival we will watch you like an eye of a fighter 
what I wouldn't give for like an audio engineer but as much time as I put into messing around with how to get this recorded I could have 50 podcasts done so digressing pulling it back focus is always a problem and that's really uh, at the crux of a lot of what you know you see me thrashing around with trying to figure out what to focus on and so you know I have been on this endlessly long journey Uh, You've heard me over and over and over again try to say, I want to be a girl. I want to come back to the feminine. You know, I've just done this on and off for years and years and years. And I always end up just going back to trying to survive. And, you know, in my own journey, I sort of hit a wall where not too long ago, I just can't physically do it. Like everything crashed in on my head to the reality that, I can't be part of the survival game anymore, so I have to decide how I want to go forward. And, you know, my decision was I want to be a girl before I die. And that was, you know, that video, I just want to be a girl, because it sounds very silly and trite, but so many older women understand this as such a deep fundamental conflict of what it means to be a woman, what it means to be feminine, what is our relationship to the feminine energy versus now we're having this question about what does it mean to be a woman biologically versus feeling and identity. And it's all getting really, really confusing and how if you try to step into this conversation, especially on a public forum, the conversation itself becomes lost and it becomes a screaming match really to just have your point of view be correct. So uh, the first thing I want to say is none of this is about being right or being wrong. It's only about my willingness to listen to understand and my deep deep desire to create a focused understanding for myself which I am totally entitled to have my own life belief ideology experience right I mean the fact that anybody feels the need to tell anybody else how to live and why or why not they're wrong about it is one shocking and two you know really at the core and the crux of so many of the issues that we're having Uh, and the way I would describe it is uh, you know you've heard me say I want to get back into my lane and so I was writing things out about what I really wanted to say today and there's too much to say but uh, the bottom line is is that you know who we are and how we experience the world as a woman a biological woman born into a body wired to be a woman is a specific kind of experience in the same way that a man is born into a biological male body and he's having a very specific experience and then we have this middle place of of transgender which is such a tiny fraction that has always existed I think there's a lot of reasons why that happens but why at this point in time it is becoming 
disproportionate to any historical record. So there's a big difference between which question you want to ask and what you're seeking to understand. But what really inspired that video about, you know, young women being so angry is uh, I haven't found it. My hope is to put one of the young women I heard yelling about all this in, you know, the post below. But there was two separate young women that were just livid, you know, doing that super intellectual, super, super fast talk, right? All their masculine energy coming, screaming at us, blaming older women, feminist or not. I wouldn't even call myself a feminist. I just put that in the title, but blaming older women for wanting any degree of independence or uh, experience in the world that was different from the previous, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Uh, and that it was our fault that transgenderism was on the rise. Now, <laughs> there are so many things wrong with that as an idea. It's the same thing as young people blaming baby boomers for their problems. And and it's just, you know, the, the issue isn't blame. The issue is... Uh, having the maturity, emotional maturity, to actually look at what the underlying issue is. And then the freedom, which is what we have here right now in this moment, we may not have it much longer, but right now we have the freedom to ask questions and to seek answers that make sense for us. Where we're all hitting the wall is all the people that want to tell us why we're wrong, uh, how we shouldn't feel this way, how we should feel, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Uh, and the way I liken that, you know, is if I, as a woman, and I don't say this in any way, shape, or form to denigrate any male, any trans person, any woman, I'm just trying to create language and symbols to create a discussion to inspire thinking not for you to agree with me but to explore an idea that may or may not be relevant or valuable to you and that's sort of the reality we no one all the stuff i have listed you know below this podcast is very diverse because that's what I like. I like to think, I like to explore, I like to consider, uh, and I like to understand. And then I, you know, I come to my own conclusions, which I'm completely open to having them be different at a different point in time. You know, when I have more information, when I have more experience, you know, we're all doing the best we can. But what started for me with these angry women was you know, they're furious at us for allowing the other, a transgender identifying woman to exist. But when I really was stepping back trying to think about that, what it feels like to me, I'm not saying it's intellectually correct, what it feels like, like to me, I hate having to be so careful, right, is that you know, as women, you know, we're still trying to figure out what our lane is, right? We're trying to survive in our lane, but we've also had freedom to explore things that have traditionally been out of our lane, like certain jobs and certain 
uh, life choices and certain responsibilities. And so we've been allowed to do things and that has felt like us as women moving into men's lane, the man lane, the masculine lane, the male lane on the highway, right? So we've, you know, I want to be equal. I want to make money. I want to compete. I want to be part of the business world. I want to have political influence. I want to have the capacity to not be a wife, to not be a mother, right? So we're all these things that I'm sure from the masculine side and the male side have felt like us as women trying to move into your lane but what's been happening right now oh there's something loud happening you know i'm recording this right when like the nukes are supposed to be going off in the ukraine as they uh bomb the zaporovza uh nuclear power station and world war three and i you know erupts and and i know like well i don't even know why this would be important if we all got nuked but until then, we'll just keep charging along as if everything's going to be a little bit normal for a little while longer. <sighs> but I digress. So coming back, what it's starting to feel like, which is what sort of got me focused and thinking about this, is that, first of all, you've got one young women screaming about that we have the, the ability to choose a wider lane or to explore a lane that was traditionally extremely narrow as a woman we have men telling us as women we don't like you in our lane get back this isn't all men but there's if you just have to look at the comments and you can see you know there's certain men who want women back in the lane of just wife mother shut up and put up right Uh, but now we have a, a another thing happening as women we have men coming into our lane saying that they're women and that they want to live there. And and what I'm hearing, and that's what I heard, you know, with like J.K. Rowling and other women, we're starting to say, well, you know, uh, I don't know if I want you in my lane, right? I mean, we can share some space, but I don't know that I want you taking it over. And the bigger issue is why is this happening? And that was the whole uh underlying conversation with J.K. Rowling, the witch trials, was to daring to ask, are some of these demands by a, a tiny fraction of society invested in feeling heard and validated as more valuable, important than the safety and security of vulnerable children and women, right? And, and and if you don't listen to it, you know, her, her conversation was, uh, you know, if a big 300-pound guy says, I'm a girl, put me in prison, and he gets housed in a cell with a 100-pound woman, uh, and she ends up pregnant, it probably wasn't consensual, right? I mean, there's terrible things happening. And you've got the other side of the trans community saying, that's not true. You just don't like me. Uh, and it, unless you hear me and validate me and tell me that I'm right, I can have no conversation. And so there's this really fascinating thing that's happening. And, you know, so I'm stepping back going, uh, well, why is this bothering me? Why is it now? It, it's never bothered me, you know, when men have gotten mad at me for not being traditional, for not being compliant, for not being 
uh, the way I would describe it, not being less so they could feel like more. I'm sure the women understand what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I need to be less smart so you can feel more smart because the male brain is very hierarchical. There's comfort in hierarchy and that's okay. That is part of our survival as a species. The female brain is not as hierarchical in most cases, which is why we have to get super in our masculine energy if we want to compete in a man's world. Now the beauty of that is, is we have the freedom to choose. You know, we can enter into uh, the business model that exists or we can step away and create our own business model. And, you know, the sad thing is when people take great pleasure at failure on either side as opposed to an opportunity to explore and understand what works and what doesn't work and is there a better way forward, right? Uh, you know, hearing men be gleeful every time, uh, you know, a woman leads the pack as evil when the statistics, you know, are just really strong in certain categories, right? And and that was sort of J.K. Rowling's point. You know, 98 to 90%, 99% of sexual assault is occurred, is uh, perpetrated by men. And 80% of it is against women. And so that is a real thing, however you identify. And we don't need to talk about it to assign blame. We need to talk about it to ask why is it happening. And and it's you know the the divide and conquer model is intentional and manipulative to keep us from asking questions so that we can have a discussion and find something that works for everybody, right? So there's very few men who are perpetrating sexual assault, but it's also part of your responsibility as men to be part of that discussion. And it's our responsibility as women to not point fingers and blame at the group but to try to figure out a way how to move forward. But now we have sort of these this third category of men who want to be women, women who want to be men, who are screaming really loudly, making it sort of an energetic digging in from our own perspective and our belief. And that's you know, I just, I always thought, what am I feeling? And I'm feeling uh, that it's not a man trying to understand a woman's experience, you know, trying what does it feel like or how, what's the experience of being uh, the primary uh, caretaker of children. I think that's awesome. I think everybody should experience uh, both sides of the, the lane because it gives us uh, one, empathy, it gives us the capacity to understand, and most importantly, it gives us information to make the choices that work for us, what a, a partnership chooses to decide on how to uh, protect, provide, and take care of their family should really be negotiated within the family, not within the broader 
culture unless really deviant and damaging uh, things are starting to happen, like making medical unfixable decisions of children. And that's when society does need to step in and be willing to ask the questions. And I think most sane people can separate their emotional triggering of feelings to the very real discussion. Uh, You know, that's why I posted the uh, Sound of Freedom. Uh, You know, you've heard me talk about Tim Ballard for a long time and a long time ago. And and you're seeing this huge response because most people, male or female, want to protect children. But we didn't understand how pervasive it was or, to our shock and horror, how fast it's growing. And I think the number one reason people don't want to know is because they feel helpless and they don't know what to do about it. So even the simplest of actions is just sharing the idea. You're bringing that up into the consciousness of everybody. And the more aware we are, the the better chance we have to understand and then talk about it like grown-ups, you know, with emotional maturity. How are we going to manage this? And so... You know, there's a temper tantrum version of all of this that mo- that makes most of us want to dig our heels in and stop listening. And then there's a very real experience to what's going on in the world that is extremely emotional but requires us to calm down and have a real discussion about it. And so it's extremely complex. And what I really liked about... Uh, you know, the young woman who did this, uh, the witch trials of J.K. Rowling, it was many, many things. Is one, you know, witch trials have been going on forever. We call them that, but it's really, you know, the mob mentality that is reacting to an idea, and they're so afraid of the idea, they just want to kill what they don't understand. And, you know, you don't want to be at the the hands of the angry mob uh, you know, there's even though a point in that uh, podcast, she does such a fabulous job where she talks about uh, uh, a woman who wrote a book about the Salem witch trials and how uh, they were considered, the people of that community were the most literate people of the world. I mean, they were so careful and methodical about trying to make the right decision, which is hard to imagine because we step back and we think, well, that must have been an emotional overreaction, like, ah, I don't understand, let's kill him. And that wasn't what happened. And, you know, this woman, um, her name is Megan something Rober, her own transformation, she was part of a radical uh, fundamentalist, I think it's Westboro Church, uh, Christian religion that would go to uh, the funerals of soldiers and, you know, berate the families and how she was very much into the righteousness of her thinking her family's beliefs and why it was okay to be verbally violent to people even as they're burying their child and at some point she stepped back and started to ask questions and we do that same thing well we assume that 
uh, hers was just a simple ignorant family and it wasn't it was a family I think out of 12 kids on her mom's side 11 were lawyers it was very intelligent very uh, intellectually competent adults who were very clear that they were right so I bring all this up because we're all standing and sitting in a very diverse place and I'm trying to figure out you know what what I can do uh, what I want to do what's valuable uh, and what's important to share and uh, you know my takeaway through all of this this is just an example of a thought and idea Uh, You know, I'm not talking about it because I want you to agree with me. You know, I'm sharing it because I'm hoping that you can hear it is a process to explore. And then I can provide assistance in how to process ideas so that we cannot be swept away emotionally. We cannot be dug in intellectually and that we can move together instead of you know trying to take our car and crash into the other car on the opposite you know in the additional lane how are we going to all drive together on this highway because that's the thing that makes the most sense right we're all pointed in the same direction we want to drive in a harmonious way because that's how I want to spend my time and energy I don't want to spend my time and energy Uh, cleaning up car crashes any more than you do right but right now we're just heading for like the world's biggest pile up ever and that's when I talk about process that's why I think it's so important is the capacity to step back whether you are emotionally or intellectually invested and ask the questions that will allow you to understand and that takes time that takes uh, the the desire uh, but I don't know how else to create real change and we get stuck and divided on the idea that there is a right way to think there's a right way to feel there's a correct way to change everyone and everything as we move forward and that's a very young way of thinking and that's the beauty of time and wisdom is that you can look back and hopefully have grown past the simplicity of the simple black and white way of being in the world and understanding you know uncertainty uh, nuance shades of gray are the more real version of the world but it is also the tiny infractions of how these processes evolve and that's this why all of a sudden you know I don't think about these things I haven't cared about you know I'm not interested in the trans thing I read a book God back in the 70s I was really young I was probably 14 or 15 Uh, I don't remember but her name was Canary Khan and it was a man who transitioned had all the surgery back when it was brand new into a woman and you know I I was uncomfortable but I finished the book because I was trying to be willing to understand something you know I didn't understand especially at that age but 
you know, I've been thinking about why is this particular issue starting to bother me in a new way? And it's more than just what's happening to the children. Uh, I think it's more of my uh, understanding that by as women, we've, we've ignored what our strengths are by focusing on exploring the unknowns, right? Well, who am I in the workforce? Who am I not as a mother, not as a wife? Or I still want to be these other things besides a wife and a mother. Uh, I want to see what I can contribute to society. And none of that is wrong. Again, you just don't understand who you are until you spend some time exploring who you're not. And that's freedom. Freedom isn't the right answer. It's the willing to take uh, experiences and make your own decisions versus a culture and a society that says, this is the way it is. I mean, look at the extremes of some of the Middle Eastern, uh, especially the Taliban. You know, you've got these women who were lawyers and doctors one day, and the next day they're wrapped up in burqas, and they're not allowed to leave the house without a man, and they're not allowed to speak, and they can never let their hair be seen, and their girls, uh, you know, aren't allowed to go to school, and they can no longer, uh, I mean, can you even imagine, like, Today we're running around, yesterday, just as an example, right, it's hot and I'm, uh, you know, dressed inappropriately because I'm alone in my trailer and then there were these kids running around and I'm like, oh, you know, I got to put on more clothes. <laughs> but I can run around, you know, in inappropriately skimpy clothing because no one can see me. But even if I am seen, I'm not stoned to death, right? It's so hard to imagine the whiplash that must come as a woman one day being a fully functioning member of society and the next being wrapped up in a beekeeper suit, as they call it, and thrown into the house and have your role reduced and eliminated to almost nothing, and you have to we have to ask ourselves i'm asking myself why is that hap- why are we regressing why are we losing so much of uh the freedom that we had cuz we're hearing these angry young women fantasizing about the time when we could just stay home and be married and have kids and we didn't have responsibilities out in the world. Men just took care of us. And, you know, you, you can look at the comments and you can see all kinds of backlash around that. But, it's you know, our personal experience is extremely different than the overall collective experience. And that's another sign of emotional maturity, right? You can understand that what happened in your family or maybe your community might not be the same that's happening in other places. And do we have a responsibility to understand what's happening in other places? Because what has happened is our unwillingness to pay attention to the bigger picture has created a, a moment in time where we're losing everything we took for granted. And trust me, as someone who's lived without electricity, plumbing, or comfort, uh, you will miss it when it's gone. I'm not saying I haven't enjoyed the experience of learning how to live like this, but you will miss it 
when it's gone. (laughs) And you will be sorry that you did not pay attention. And I feel like maybe we're having that moment as women if we don't start paying attention and focusing on what our lane requires of us are we going to lose all the progress that we've made by having our attention and our focus in a different place and I don't know that you know because uh, you know someone said well the only reason you know we've advanced as women is because good men uh, participated in that process exactly and that's sort of the reality of what's happening is like there's way more good responsible, constructive, positive, focused people than there are destructive people. But it was it Thomas Jefferson who said, you know, the only thing tyranny needs to flourish is when good men and women do nothing. And we've done a lot of distraction. You know, we've watched, we're, we're very distracted. Uh, that's the most powerful thing survival has taught me is the demand of discipline and vigilance that is not required in a domesticated world and how important it is to understand that anything of value if you want to keep it requires discipline it requires vigilance it requires desire and it requires the effort to understand one, why you have it, and two, what do you need to do to hold on to it? And we can't stop what's happening to everybody else. We can only decide who we want to be in the midst of all of this. And so that's me kind of waking up to a moment saying, you know, yeah, I want to understand who I am as a woman, as a feminine, and I like to spend more energy as that versus all my energy into chop wood and carry water. But maybe it's more important than just me being tired. Maybe it's more important is because uh, my lane is now being uh, invaded in a way that if I'm not paying attention, there may be no lane. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, you know, the thought I started having. And then uh, just kind of as a sidebar, I'm like, okay, as a therapist, right, you you understand that when you're doing uh, therapy with a man or a woman, it's a different conversation, right? And there's a, you know, we're wired differently. You know, men and women have very differently wired brains. And so you can't take uh, chemicals, hormones, uh, it can alter the experience, but you can't physically rewire everything in your body. So there's still leftover stuff. So I was wondering, you know, as therapists, what kind of conversations are they having with uh, people who are confused? And is all of this confusion really Uh, part of what's happening hormonally with all the disruptors, you know, in our system right now, uh, with all the disruptions in the electromagnetic frequencies. And, uh, and, and the other thing I thought, and I don't know this, because I don't spend a lot of time exploring um, that community. And it's such a tiny fraction, 
you know, we're giving it way more attention uh, than it needs to be given except for this bigger issue of what's going on with children is that I started thinking about, you know, that, that here's these men who want to be women and they want to feel like women. But I started to think, well, what kind of actions are they taking that for their interpretation of what it means to be a woman? And and you, you see a lot of heavy, heavy makeup, very specific kind of clothing, uh, a very specific way of talking, which I don't even know any women who dress like that, wear that kind of makeup or talk like that on an average day, right? I mean, you see it in in media and influencing, but the rest of us are, you know, that's what you keep hearing me complain about, you know, my dirty clothes, my, uh, you know, not wearing, uh, there was quite a few makeup comments, you know, not wearing makeup. <laughs> that the reality, it doesn't make me any less of a woman. Uh, I don't feel less feminine because I don't have uh, clean clothes on. I just, I don't know anybody that enjoys being constantly in dirty clothing, right? It's just that uh, there's, it's, I think it's natural as women to want to feel clean. I don't know any men that, that enjoy being dirty. I think I know some in the past who have uh, not understood the importance of hygiene, but I remember this guy one time. I used to walk dogs, and he was—he uh, wasn't—he was just a friend. He was explaining to me how proud he was of not ever taking a shower, and I didn't say anything. I'm like, "Well, I'm not enjoying being on the other side of that because I can smell you, and you smell terrible." So you know, we all have our individual places, but but it's just a question I started having this morning when I was thinking about recording this. Is that okay? What is this guy who now wants to be a woman who is acting in a specific way as he understands women? Is that how, as women, is that how we feel? Is that what we're doing? And I don't actually think it is very much. I think it's what we see in movies and television, but I don't see it in real life. So uh, I think most women most identify, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, even those of us who are extremely masculine, (laughs) uh, the most feminine thing we do is we take care of people, or in my case, I take care of animals, right? We, uh, there's, you know, there's scientific uh, research that says even when women enter masculine fields, they tend to focus on the more human relationship aspect of that field uh you know the the convey the i don't want to say wisdom you know the the sort of simplistic version is men like things uh you know women like people and that's good in the sense that everything gets done right if everybody wanted and thought and felt the same way the world would come to a grinding halt and how important, you know, none of this is as a right or wrong process. And so uh, I just wanted to stop in and take what I was talking about a step further because it really is doing a couple things for me. One is it's helping me understand who I want to be 
and who I am and where I want to go by looking at what others are doing and experiencing being out in the world, right? It helps me decide for myself what's important. Uh, it helps me want to clarify that I'm not sharing because I want anybody to agree with me. I'm trying to demonstrate a process because critical thinking uh, and processing uh, feelings into functional, mature emotion, uh, I think is important. And that's the power for me of the journaling process. Uh, I think that the information, you know, is fascinating. And I wanted to put that out, even though, you know, I can see that most people uh, aren't looking at the links. And and I am not going to kid you, this is like a wildly time-intensive uh bunch of information that I've been uh, listening to over time and and this is probably not a subject that's interesting to most people but but if I also you know I'm asking myself the question you know trying to move forward what's the bottom line right the bottom line for all of us that in this moment of too much information how do we stay focused and and what is it that we value uh, and a lot of what what is happening for me in this moment of time is, uh, you know, I just don't have the energy to focus on a whole bunch of things. So I'm trying to purge and and uh, pare down, right, to prune my interests, my focusing, my thinking, my energy, you know, just to continuously trying to prune it back uh, into what's most important for me in this moment uh, and offering that up as an idea for something for you to think about, not again as a right or wrong. And, you know, the last thing I wanted to end with was really the most important point. Uh, this is the most abstract. This is the biggest picture. This is the one that we can do the least about, but probably is the most important is that anytime we talk about darkness or evil or whatever, right, the consistent theme is always an inversion. So love uh, inverts to hate. Life inverts to death. So the push is the inversion. The inversion within human psyche is uh, distress and it causes uh, it's a deconstructive energetic force. It divides, it diminishes, it, it pulls us apart, right? So, uh, you know, our greatest strength is our power. And the more you can do to pull it apart. So you think about, uh, you know, the simple statement, when two or more minds are joined, it's the unification of power that in increases exponentially, right? So if you want to increase love, you have two people who then create more people and that family exponentially increases love or uh, you know love as a mission as you heard me talk about so whatever you join with that energy increases but when you talk about this male female biology versus masculine feminine as energy by trying to cut men and women up biologically by chemically confusing the physical aspect of what a man and a woman is, is that being done to avoid 
the more powerful thing that's happening, and that is the integration within each of us of the masculine and the feminine. So if we think about we all have access to masculine and feminine energy within us, historically that's been very divided. We were given a period of time to explore both sides. Now is the thing that we are trying to prevent, you know, the evil, the darkness, the low frequency, whatever you want to call it. It's trying to prevent us from integrating that within ourselves because two is more powerful than the division, the the unification of two, the integration of two, the joining of two is infinitely more powerful than separation, division, isolation. And what could be more confusing to us energetically than chemically altering us, uh, electromagnetically altering us to a point that we don't even recognize what's real and not real for us. And it causes a breakdown. You can't tell me, uh, you know, as a woman, we understand, you know, those fabulous teens and 20s when we were raging hormones, right? It was confusing. It was overwhelming. Uh, you know, you just finally get stable and then perimenopause happens and you make peace with that and then menopause happens. You know, women understand the chemical roller coaster and how hard we have to work to maintain stability within that process. So how could it not be just a nightmare for children, a nightmare for both men and women who are chemically... Uh, you know, they're hard, they're mainlining, right? They're hardlining these intense chemical disruption as their focus versus what it means to integrate us within ourselves energetically and the healthier and the happier and the more balanced within ourselves we are, right? The better we feel, the better we are out in the world, the better able we are to join and work productively with those other people, male or female, around us, right? Everybody wins. The healthier you are, the happier you are, the more emotionally mature you are, the, the uh, more secure you are, the more functional you are, the better it is for all of us. Nobody loses when you're a healthy, mature, strong uh not righteous, but seeking to understand, uh, cooperative, uh, you know, efficient, productive, all of these things that we would probably agree with, male or female, that are valuable, right? And to take all that energy and to focus it on protecting innocence versus this wild disruption of Uh, the physical body and it isn't just the trans community it's what's in our water it's what's in our food Uh, it's within our school systems our religious systems our institutions everything is being deconstructed to make us 
confused lesser versions of ourselves and that weakens us because we get angry we get depressed we get anxious uh, we're insecure we're you know stressed out we're overwhelmed Uh, you know for me to say I want to be a girl every woman that's a grown-up an older woman will tell you I know but I don't have time I'm too tired it's just there's too many things to do it's a luxury it's a luxury for me to be able to even have the thought uh, you know I want to be a girl because it doesn't change anything from the fact that I'm still chopping wood carrying water and taking care of you know survival all day every day but it's an idea that I want to pursue and that's freedom I get to do that. It's not right or wrong. It's it's a complex set of systems that are going on out in the world. Uh, and I think the best way to navigate that is to start purging and pruning everything that isn't relevant and then owning whatever process we need to focus on what is valuable. And I'm starting to think that the reason all of these terrible things are happening to uh, the physical biology of the man and the woman is the distraction on the important thing, which is what we're learning from each other by changing lanes a little bit and redefining what it means to be men and women culturally as we integrate the feminine and the masculine within us individually. And that's a big idea, and it's probably, you know, people have tuned out by now. But if you're still here, 45 minutes, I can't think of anything more important for me to focus on because I have the luxury of being able to think about all these things. And so I'm hoping that I can share them as valuable, not to have you agree with me, but for the ability to demonstrate the process of how these ideas get sorted out and how by doing that work, it makes it much more difficult to manipulate us through fear and hate and anger and all those things that that deprive us of the beauty that is the truth about who we are both as human and spirit I don't think anybody's going to disagree that we like to be happy we like to be strong we like to be loved we like to be productive and we want to be valued and accepted that's just a core human thing but in the world today there's a lot of energy being directed to make that not happen and that's a decision and what I've learned about survival is what I think applies to all this other stuff too is it requires focus it requires discipline it requires vigilance and it really requires the desire to value it and only we can decide for ourselves what is valuable all right so that's a big fat heavy long overwhelming podcast but Thank you to the dogs who have remained sleeping throughout all of it. And uh, the day has just begun. So with that deep breath, my friends, and I hopefully haven't scared you away. And we'll see you next time.